Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for the truth of those words that we've been declaring, that we've been singing. We want to thank you, Lord, that in the midst of everything that is happening, in the midst of, of what can seem like chaos, what can seem like a storm that is, is crashing over us, that you are Lord, that you are King, that you are on the throne. I want to thank you that that has not changed. I want to thank you that we can trust you and want to praise you and want to give you all the glory. And Jesus, we pray that, that today, as in all of our different places, wherever we are, as we fix our eyes on you, as we look to you, we pray that, that you would come and you would minister to our hearts. That we would know the truth of the words that we've been singing. That you would stir up faith and hope and trust within us. That we would know that you are the solid rock that we are standing on. Jesus, I pray that you would speak to us through something of your word today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as I said earlier, it's brilliant to, to be together. Um, even if we're together while being apart and, and all looking at things from different screens and, and things have, have all changed, haven't they? Uh, none of us have, have ever done or, or lived through a time like this before. And... Uh, this is a first for me, um, preaching from being sat down. You know, I, I rely on, on kind of the times when I, I preach to get in most of my 10,000 steps for the day. So, so this is all new, not sure what's going to happen. I'm going to hope I, I don't try and start kind of putting on some weight now. But we're going to have a great time together because God is faithful and he is good. Um, and he is the same, uh, even if we have to do things a little bit differently. You know, and as we all sit here looking at um, at different screens uh, in our different places um, with our, our families, you know, we're all dealing with the consequences um, of what's being called um, social distancing. You know, over the course of a few days, everything has changed and, and this has all come in. Um, and social distancing, you know, it can often end up feeling... Um, doesn't take much, does it, for social distancing just to end up feeling like you're you're lonely, um, and you're isolated, and that's not a good feeling, is it? It's not not where we want to be. You know, people who we've grown to love, people who we've grown to rely on, um, we're not able to spend time with in, in the same way. You know, and and some of us are more introverted than others. Some of us might be enjoying getting a little bit of space and and all that 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 means. But for a lot of us, it's hard. And I think really for all of us, in one way or another, this is hard. And and we're having to learn and adapt. And we have so many questions and uncertainties about the future, don't we? And, and yes. In response to that, we want to do all that we can to put things in place, to be community, to be church family, to connect with each other, to support one another, to, to leverage technology, to, to help us do that through things like what we're, we're doing right now. But, you know, we have even better news than that. Because while we may be in physically uh, different places, physically distant from one another, we have an amazing God whose promise to us is that he will never leave us or forsake us. Whatever is happening in the world, wherever we might be, that doesn't change. And for us to understand what this means and how it works and how precious this promise is, we only need to try and put ourselves in the shoes um, of Jesus' disciples, of Jesus' followers. You know, imagine for a moment what it was like for, for the 12 disciples. Imagine you were one of those 12 disciples. 
and you got to to live alongside Jesus for three years, to walk with him, to learn from him, to have him physically with you. You know, to you would you you probably grew to rely on Jesus because anytime you had a problem, Jesus was your answer. You know, Peter when his um, when his um, mother-in-law is is sick. He looks to Jesus and Jesus steps in and heals her. When he's not able to pay his, his, uh, his taxes, he looks to Jesus and Jesus provides for him through, through making a coin appear in the mouth of a fish. An amazing story. You know, he grew to, to rely on Jesus and to look to Jesus for his help because Jesus was physically present and Jesus had what it was that, that he needed. Um, you know, and this, this is the experience of the disciples. Jesus is their hope. Jesus is the one they rely on. Jesus is physically with them. And then one day Jesus says he's, he's about to leave them. And this is a shock to his followers. Jesus won't be with them physically. He, he, they'll, they'll be on their own. Where's their help going to come from? Who, who can they rely on? Who's going to be there for them? But in the midst of those uncertainties, in the midst of those questions, Jesus says, it's okay. I've got a better plan in place than you can imagine. It's going to be better for you for me to to go than if I stayed. I might be going, but I'm not going to abandon you. And this is what he says in John 14 verses 16 to 18 and and I'm going to read these verses from the amplified version because I I love the way um, that it, it unpacks really what Jesus is saying here he says and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper comforter advocate intercessor counselor strengthener standby to be with you forever The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, bereaved and helpless. I will come back to you. Isn't that an amazing promise? And it's a promise that we need to hear today. As you are wrestling with questions about what the future holds, Jesus wants you to know it's okay. None of this is a surprise to him. And he says to you, I've got a better plan in place than anything you can imagine. I'm at work in the midst of this. And in the midst of all of this, I am with you. I give you my spirit who is your helper, your comforter, your counsellor, your strengthener. Jesus says, I don't leave you alone as orphans to fend for yourselves, to try and figure things out. In fact, when he says he gives us another helper, when he's talking about giving us the Holy Spirit, he says, I will give you another just like me. And so, what he's, he's really saying to the disciples is, is everything that you have known and experienced through having me physically present with you, as I've taught you, as I've guided you, as I've provided for you, all of that you're going to still know. Because I'm going to give you another just like me. The Holy Spirit will now be your teacher, your guide, your comforter. 
And Jesus gives the same promise to you today, to each one of us. Just pause for a moment and think about how amazing that is. You know, as people, we are not designed to live life by ourselves. You know, that's what makes this kind of a, a season so 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 challenging. You know, when we try and do life alone in our own strength, it, it doesn't generally go well. It can be frustrating and limiting and we can end up making bad choices and we can feel lonely and it can affect our mental health. But, you know, as much as we need one another and we miss being together physically, we're not even designed just for community with other people. We're made to live life knowing God with us. And that is made possible for each one of us to experience because of the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God with us, reaching out to meet us where we're at. Where we're at physically, where we're at emotionally, where we're at spiritually. In the midst of all of our joys. And in the midst of all of our questions and doubts and struggles and fears. I don't often um, talk about Greek words. But the Greek word for the Holy Spirit here is actually the word paraclete. Which means one called alongside to help. And it, and it was a word that was used to describe a small boat. Uh, that would sail out from a rocky shore or harbour to find a ship that was in trouble. And it would draw alongside that ship. And then it would attach itself to the ship. And it would guide them through the rocks to safety. I think that's a beautiful image of, of how the Holy Spirit is at work right now. And what it is that he does. The Holy Spirit is God reaching out to you. To meet you where you are at right now. In the midst of how you're feeling and what you're facing. Not just to come alongside and be near you. But to attach himself to you. And to guide you and to lead you through the rocks. Through the difficulties. Through what can seem chaotic. Through the storm. Into his arms. Into a place of safety place of love, a place where you know that you are rooted on the solid rock of Jesus. He is with you to guide you, to comfort you, to strengthen you every day. Right now, Jesus promises that. He has given you his spirit. And the Holy Spirit isn't just a power source or a feeling. He is the very person of God. Putting his love into action to meet you where you're at. And to draw you close to him. Isn't that beautiful? And as the Holy Spirit works to draw us close to God. He, he not only helps us and comforts us and strengthens us. But he works to teach us and to reveal to us more of, of who God is. And more of how God sees us. How he sees you. You see, we can learn all about God as Father. We can learn all about this truth and how we can trust God and all of the rest of it. But sometimes it can still seem like this alien concept that we, we kind of have up here, but it doesn't quite make sense. So we struggle to see how that works in, in reality. We struggle to accept it in here. You know, especially during difficult times, we, we, we face a lot of questions. And so part of the way that the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life and in my life is to help us to not only know who God is, to not only know about him, but to experience his love 
and to know how it is God sees us. Paul writes this in in Romans 8 verses 15 to 16. He says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit, attaches himself to our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Now the Holy Spirit wants to work in your heart and in your life so that you can have a confidence inside that God is your father, that he is with you and he loves you and he is for you and you can trust him, that he has chosen you, that you are precious to him. You are not forgotten, you are his precious child. You know, the primary thing the Holy Spirit wants to do before anything else is to make sure that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are loved. That your loving father is with you and that you are his precious child, that you can trust him and that he is holding your hand. And he will never let go. In Romans 5 verse 5, Paul says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The Holy Spirit is with you right now, wanting to literally pour the love of God into your heart. And there is power in God's love to bring about healing and to restore hope. You know, we know that wonderful verse, perfect love casts out all fear. I heard a a story um, a a little while ago that I love uh, about a man called Robert Cornwall. And um, he, he led a, a church in Oregon in America. And, and he decided, and this is quite a lot of years ago, but he decided that, that he wanted to give an hour a week of his time to help um, in some way in his local community. And so of all the things he could do, he decided that he'd go along to the local hospital and, and offer his help there. And, and so he, he turns up, he goes to the hospital warden and, and he says, you know, what can I do to help? And the warden thinks for a moment and says, you know what, there's... There's not really a, a, a lot you can do. Well, there's one thing. There's one thing you can do. Follow me. And he leads him through the hospital, down the corridors, left and right. Um, along they go until they, they get to a ward. And on the ward, it simply says, room 37. And it has all these locks on the door. The warden began to undo all the locks one at a time. And he opens the door um, and he says, go in and, and spend some time with these people. I'll be back in an hour. And so Robert Cornwall um, goes into the room and then the locks are done up <laughs> behind him. And inside the room are 37 psychotic people, completely high on their drugs. And, and this was years and years ago. And the, so the hospital didn't know how to help these people. And so they, all they did is just heavily sedated them, locked them up uh, and just hoped that no harm would come to them. There was excrement smeared on the walls and puddles of of urine on the floor. And Robert Cornwall realised that because of the drugs that the people were on, he couldn't even really engage with them or talk to them or have a conversation with them. And so so he prayed, God, God, what do I even do? And he felt led by the Holy Spirit to just sing over them. And so he started singing. And he sang, Yes. Jesus loves me, yes, 
Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And he looked at his watch. Still 59 minutes and 30 seconds to go. And so he started again. And he just kept singing the same words over and over for the whole hour. After an hour, the warden comes back and says, thank you so much. And, and Robert goes home thinking, what on earth was that all about? But when the next week came round, he thought, you know, well, he better keep his word, be faithful to what he promised. And so he goes back to the hospital and, and again, he asks, you know, what, what can I do to help? And again, the warden takes him back to room 37 and, and God says the same thing, just sing. And so he does it again. Week three comes, and, and this is a true story. As he sings, a lady stands up and starts to walk toward him. And he's terrified. You've got to think about the situation he's in. She's high on drugs. He's locked in the room with her. There's no button to press for help. And this woman's coming towards him. But as she reaches him, she sits down and she joins in. Yes. Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. And week by week, more and more people started to join in and, and just sing that simple refrain over and over again. At the end of six months, 36 of the 37 people were moved out of that ward and onto self-help wards. And at the end of a year, all 37 were released from the hospital altogether. And many of them began to worship as part of Robert Cornwall's local church. Isn't that amazing? No teaching. No one trying to explain everything. Just the transforming power of the Holy Spirit making the love of God known in the hearts of people. And that is how God is reaching out to you right now. Where you are, in your living room, on your bed, in your office, he is reaching out to pour his perfect love into your heart, to cast out all fear, so that you would know that he is with you, and he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And you can trust him. Now, whether you have had to self-isolate or not, however social distancing is impacting you, I want you to know that you are not alone. And then as we look to ask that question not only as to how God is at work with us and at, at work for us, not only how we can be people of, of, of hope within this season and, and everything that's happening, but, but as we then ask that question, how do we bring that hope and share that hope and share something of the love of Jesus with others? We see that God doesn't ask us to do that alone either. Jesus says in Acts 1 verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
Jesus is saying when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we receive God with us at work to transform us from the inside out, to pour his perfect love into us, to cast out fear. We also receive God at work empowering and equipping us to represent Jesus to others. And I don't know about you, but as as I think about how I can be a person of hope, speaking words of life, sharing Jesus with others within this season, I know that I can't do it on my own. I know that I need the power of the Holy Spirit at work in me. You know, for the Holy Spirit to, to shape my character and my attitude so that I'm a person of love and joy and peace, a person of patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self control. You know, so that I'm not someone who's panicking, so that I am someone who's, who's able to, to share Jesus through my attitude. And you know, it might be, that, might be that during this season you're finding that hard, that you're finding it hard to have, have patience, that you're finding it hard to have peace because of everything that's going on, and, and I get that. But you know, I promise you, That the more time you spend with the Holy Spirit, the more that that will change. Because his desire is to pour the love of God into your heart and to grow you to become more and more like Jesus. So that you can represent him and put him on display. And actually, you know, this isn't just about our character. When we look at the example of Jesus, we see how he moved in God's power. And that that was because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that Jesus promises he gives to us. And you know, this is what all of the gifts of the Spirit are about. They're not just about, you know, uh, us getting to see great things and it being exciting. You know, when you read about the gifts of um, like healing and prophecy and tongues and discernment, you know, all of the different gifts are about the Holy Spirit giving gifts to people so that they can be witnesses of Jesus, so that they can become more and more like Jesus and put Jesus on display. You know, Jesus operated in the power of the Holy Spirit and he wants the same for you and for me. This isn't about being weird and and wacky, it's about becoming more and more like Jesus. Knowing God with us, having the love of God poured into our hearts, knowing that he is there to help and guide and comfort us and experiencing his power at work to transform us from the inside out so that we put Jesus on display and we have an amazing opportunity to put Jesus on display in this season as we open ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit for us to grow in our relationship with him for us to be transformed from the inside out to for to know his love and for that perfect love to cast out fear and for us to stand out as different because we're people of peace and not fear of compassion and not selfishness of hope and not despair and I want to encourage you to ask God for opportunities to share Jesus with others ask him to give you new gifts and to give you boldness so that you can share Jesus with others through a word of knowledge or through praying for healing and as we look to be people of faith during this season you know it all this is what it all comes down to everything comes down to us walking with the Holy Spirit Everything else will flow from there. We don't have to fear. We don't have to worry. We, Yes, it's good to plan and put things in place. And, 
but everything really just comes down to us walking with the Holy Spirit. You know, I think we probably all agree, wouldn't we, that the coronavirus has plunged our nation and plunged our world into chaos. But you know, God is at work in the midst of chaos. In Genesis 1, we read about how the Holy Spirit hovers over the chaos in order to bring about life. As we trust him with the future, the Holy Spirit is at work to bring life and new hope and new ways for us to share about Jesus. There are opportunities that he has for us. The Holy Spirit is purposefully at work in the midst of the chaos to enable us to to become more like Jesus and to share Jesus with others. And so even if we feel alone naturally, do you know you are not alone because the Holy Spirit loves to work to bring life and hope out of chaos. And again and again through the Bible, you'll find people talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. In in Ephesians 5 verse 18, Paul talks about um, how as followers of Jesus, we're to be continually, ongoingly filled with the Holy Spirit. That This is something that we're to come back to God and again and again ask him to fill us. And so that's, that's what I want us to do together right now. You know, the Holy Spirit is already with you right where you are. At home, with your family, on your own, the Holy Spirit is there and he is with you and he loves you. And Jesus' promise is that he will never leave you, he will never forsake you. But one of the ways that the Holy Spirit is talked about is as a rushing wind. And when we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, when we come specifically and pray that, that prayer that we would be ongoingly, continually filled with the Holy Spirit, we're simply making a choice to say, Holy Spirit, you're already here. I'm putting my sail up now so that the wind of your spirit, the wind of your work will fill my sail. So that you can empower me, so that you would pour God's love into my heart in a fresh way, in a new way. So that you would lead me forwards in what it is God has for me right now. And we might all be in different places. We might be, um, you know, in, in different parts of your house, different things going on. But even where we are, I want to encourage you to come to God. Right now, it might feel a bit weird, it might feel a bit awkward, Uh, this is different for all of us. But right now, just close your eyes. Maybe open your hands before him. And say in your heart, Holy Spirit, I am raising my sail. I know how much I need you right now. Come and fill me. Pour your perfect love into my heart that all fear would be cast out. Equip and enable and empower me to put Jesus on display. And this might be something unusual, this might be something you've never done before. But you don't have to be nervous, you don't have to be worried. You know, God promises that He only wants to give us good things, good gifts, and the the Holy Spirit is the best gift of all because it's the gift of God giving us himself. So if you want to put your sail up right now and say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me now, then let's, let's just take a moment to do that. Why don't you just close your eyes with me, open up your hands, in your heart lift your sail, and I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. 
thank you that you are with us right now in all of our different places. You are with us. Thank you, Lord, that your promise is that however we're feeling and whatever we're facing, whatever's going on, you will never leave us or forsake us. We are so grateful for that truth. But Jesus, we, we also know how much we, we need to be ongoingly filled with your Holy Spirit, how much we, we need that, that special touch of, of your, your Spirit, how much we need to experience and to know in a deeper way your love. How much we need you, more than ever, to, to grow us in the fruit of the Spirit, that we would, even in this time, with everything going on, be people of, of peace and love and joy and kindness and patience and self-control. So Jesus, right now we look to you. And we put up our sails and I ask, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, fill me Fill each person right now as they respond to you. Let them know your presence. Let them know something more of your love. Pray that you would work to cast out fear. And Jesus, as you work within us, I pray that you would also stir our hearts for the great big purpose that you have for us, Lord. That you not only reach out to us because you love us, but you have a, a purpose you call us to. That we would be Jesus' witnesses, that we would put Jesus on display. And so I pray that you would also equip and enable us for that purpose. Holy Spirit, come. Stir up fresh gifts. Stir up boldness within our hearts. Lord, that we would be people of love. That we would reach out to those in our community. That you would give us words of, of knowledge as to what people need to hear and how you want to speak into their lives. That you would give us the boldness to, to offer to pray for people. And that we would see an increase in signs and wonders as you work in this time when there is so much need to make yourself known. Jesus, help us to be your witnesses and your representatives to put you on display to those who need you most. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well guys, it's been fantastic to be together and um, I encourage you to just engage with each other in the comments section. Um, Let's pretend that we're having tea and coffee together uh, and just ask one another how you're doing. Ask one another how you can pray for each other um, and just, just be community. And, and just encourage you, keep that up through the week too. Um, remember, if, if we all make that effort to proactively call just one other person through the week, um, we've got a great way of being able to care for one another and love one another and support one another. Ask one another what needs they may have. Offer to pray for each other. And you can do that even if you're self-isolating. You might find that you've got more time on your hands than, than normal. So, so make the most of that. Use it well. But bless you guys. We love you. Miss my hugs and being with you. And look forward to being together physically soon. But in the meantime... Let's make the most of this season and all that God has for us as we look to him. Bless you. Take care.